My goal was to get the course record. I knew um, by my splits on my watch and I could see the lapse time. I mean, I knew it was coming down to the wire. And then when I turned the corner and I mean, I heard the announcer say, you know, one minute and I saw my watch and I just just had to dig. I got into um, running when I, well, seven years ago when I was 29. Um, I ran, last time I ran the Oklahoma City Marathon was when I started in 2012 and I ran a 357. So, I mean, since then I've been self-coached, so I've just been, I mean, put my nose to the grindstone and taking off time and working my way down to the 240s and I qualified for the Olympic trials in 2017. Those don't take place till next year. And so in the meantime, I wanted to find a goal that would keep me motivated to keep improving since my goal for so long was to qualify for the trials. That's when I set my sights on the state record. That's Stephanie Andre after winning the 2017 Oklahoma City Marathon and setting the course record only a few years after quitting smoking. Welcome to episode four of I Quit Blank and Started Running, a podcast featuring people who turn to running as a way to overcome a particular challenge in their lives. Join me each week as I share inspiring stories of where they started, what it was that made them want to change, how running factored in, and where they are today. I'm your host, Antonia De Heinrich, and today we're hearing Stephanie's story how she went from running a four-hour marathon as a smoker to ditching her cigarettes and qualifying for the Olympic marathon trials in February. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to our interview here. I'm so excited to have you. I found your Runner's World article um, when I was researching for my new mission, Quit Smoking, Start Running, and obviously very inspiring um, your story, and we'll get into that very shortly here. But obviously, I, I would like to jump in and with a quick introduction what is your name? Where are you from? What do you do? And let's start there. All right. Sounds good. Well, uh, my name's Stephanie Andre. I'm 37 years old and I'm from Bigsby, Oklahoma, which if you're not familiar, it's just south of Tulsa. And I work as a freelance writer, though I haven't had any work in a while. I'm kind of transitioning to uh, assisting my husband with his business. What business is your husband in? Um, he, he owns a company called Pump and Motor Works, which is large industrial pumps and motors. Gotcha. Cool. Yep. So uh, we chatted a little bit in, in ahead of this interview that you started back up running. So what was your most recent run and how did it go? Well, that was this morning when I ran. The workout was um, 12 by 400 meters. Uh, I started it out at a track, and then uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, it was actually, it's because of COVID-19, the track is supposed to be closed till June 1st, but I had um, a gentleman graciously come out and tell me that, and so then I cut the workout in half and moved it over to um, another loop that I run on near a soccer field, so it went really well. I mean, um, I've lost you know, I'm kind of in between things. I mean, I really don't know when my next actual race is going to be. So I'm kind of taking the time to back off a little bit and focus on other things. So. Good. 
Well, you mentioned that you relocated. So tell us about how relocating has changed your training a little bit or your running, I guess. Um, I would say the biggest challenge, I mean, outside of just the schedule being all kind of different with uh, moving and then the COVID-19, we actually relocated. It's about two hours away and we'd already had things at this house. So it's not like we didn't have anything, but still we had to like get our pets situated and, you know, all those things. But um, I would say just finding places to safely train here because it's not... Uh, Tulsa is a much bigger city and has a lot more uh, public trails compared to where I am now. But um, I'm, you know, I'm getting familiar with the area. And I actually met a, another runner the other day who uh, lives here, was able to kind of give me some tips on where to run. So um, that's kind of been the biggest challenge so far, but it's getting better. That's good. Well, I obviously want to jump into the meat of our interview. So I mean, only in February of this year, right before this whole COVID-19 thing hit the U.S., and only seven years after you quit smoking, you ran in the Olympic marathon trials in Atlanta. So it took me seven years after I quit smoking just to run my first marathon, and I immediately decided that I was never going to do that again. So (laughs) I love running, but marathon is definitely not my distance. So when I found your story in Runner's World, uh, not only did my jaw drop, but I wanted to know, how did you do it? Tell me everything. You know, I, how did you get into running in the first place? And what did you do in those seven years to get to the Olympic trials? Sure. I'll try to give the condensed version because I can just kind of go on and on. But um, I love I, the details, so you can go on and on. <laughs> I really, um, in my twenties, I was really, uh, I wasn't sedentary before I started running. Um, I did, I was into like P90X, like those at home DVDs and like insanity. Uh, my husband kind of got me into those. And so that's kind of where I would say that's kind of where it started was, um, just getting into working out and kind of liking, I liked how it made me feel and I could kind of see the change in my body. However, I was also a smoker at the time and that wasn't something I was willing to give up at the time. I, um, I'd started smoking. I would say I smoked my first cigarette probably when I was 15 years old. And, um, because my boyfriend, his mom smoked and we were always getting cigarettes from her. And then there was also, um, a smoke shop in our town where they'd sell the, they wouldn't check IDs. And so they were pretty available to me. And so I, so that's when I started smoking and then carried over into college. And then, um, I did quit a few times, um, but it never really stuck. Probably my longest stretch of quitting was when, um, it's kind of my family kind of guilted me into it. My grandfather's brother, um, was a lifelong, lifelong smoker and was dying of cancer. And so they had me go visit him and see him in the final stages of his life. Um, just to kind of, this is what happens, which of course, you know, it's always in the back of your head, but it, when you're young, you just don't, you feel invincible. And I think you don't really, I mean, to see it actually in the flesh, what can happen to you, um, uh, that shook me a lot. And it, and I quit probably for about a year and, um, I, I used like, um, I got on the patch for a while. I tried the gum and I, I think that did help me, but it never really stuck. And so um, really the next time I quit was when I was pregnant with my son 
I had him when I was 26. So I quit smoking then. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to have, you know, have a child and that's going to be that. And then, I mean, probably a couple months after he's born, it's like, I just picked it right back up. And, um, it's, I think it's easy also to tell yourself that, um, well, I'll just, I know I would often be like, I'll just smoke, uh, you know, in the company of friends or on the weekend or, you know, try to just make it where it's manageable, but it was so easy to just kind of slip back into smoking more frequently. So I knew like my husband and I, we told each other like, okay, by the time we're 30 years old, we're going to quit. That was like our deal. So yes. both yeah. Okay. Yeah. We were both smokers. Yeah. And so then, um, by, so the running came into play. So then I started getting into the P90X and all that for a couple of years. And then my sister who really wasn't into working out ever, uh, we both worked together at, um, this not, I mean, not like side by side, but we worked together at a banking corporation. And, uh, so I saw her every day and she told me she was going to you know, she, she was going to run a marathon. She was going to train for a marathon with some coworkers. And I was super skeptical from just speak, just knowing her, she was very, led a very sedentary lifestyle. And just, this was seemed kind of out of the blue for her, but, um, I watched was her, her idea or was it the coworkers ideas? Um, I coworkers, I'm sure. And, okay. uh, yeah, cause several of them were like, we have the local, uh, we have a few local races, but like Tulsa run, it's a, 15k it's probably arguably the biggest run in Tulsa and that a lot of the company you know a lot of the companies will you know send their workers to represent whatever or they have sponsorships so you get free bibs all that so that was um I think that was the first thing she trained for but ultimately she wanted to run the our local route 66 marathon and so I watched her do this and I mean I was amazed that she stuck to it she was out there with she joined this, uh, her coworkers were also part of like a local running club. So they'd meet up every weekend. And I went and cheered her on at, um, the route 66 marathon with my, uh, my family. And, uh, I was just so impressed and in awe of her. And she kept trying to, she kept telling me like, you've got to, you just got to try this. Like you would love it. I promise. Just, you know, she kept trying to get me into it like runners tend to do. And so then I said, okay, okay. And at the time I've been doing the P90X and I ran on the treadmill a couple of miles. So I, you know, I wasn't completely foreign to running. And so then she got me to do um, a 5k that was, I think it was like Alzheimer's for the Alzheimer's foundation or association. And so I believe that was my first race and I ended up um, winning the women's uh, division. And I mean, it wasn't like this super impressive time, but, for me, it was just such a boost. I'm like, oh my gosh, like maybe this is something I could be really good at. And so that's wow. kind of where your very first race, race, you won? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it was a really small race, but still, I mean, I was like, and I kind of figured I, judging by my treadmill, I thought, hey, I, you know, I could probably do pretty well. And I did. And that's kind of where I think the seed got planted. Like, hey, you know, this might be something, you know, I could actually, you know, do well out. And I enjoyed the atmosphere, the race and all that. And so that's kind of where it um, took off. And that's when she suggested, Hey, let's, you know, why don't you train for a marathon? Like I'm going to do this marathon. It was uh, the 2012, yeah, 2012 big D marathon in Dallas was my first marathon. And so that's kind of where it took off. And at that time, um, I, I was still smoking at the time when I did my first marathon and I finished 
just under, I think it was three hours and 57 minutes was my first marathon. And then two weeks later, because she, my sister's like, we need to become marathon maniacs. I don't know if you've ever heard of marathon maniacs before, but it's this club. It's this club where they run like a lot, a lot of races. I mean, like a lot, like they, I mean, like some of them, I think run like almost every weekend, but to end, to become a maniac, you have to, one of the qualifications I think is you have to run, um, two marathons in two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Nuts. Completely yes. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but we did it. I did the Oklahoma city marathon two weeks later. It was completely miserable, but I still, I finished it almost at the exact same time. And so I think from then that's when I started, you know, think, I mean, I was only running a couple days per week. I wasn't running that much at all. I was still smoking and all that. And I'm like, you know what, if I, if I really train for this, like follow an actual plan, I got the idea in my head that maybe I could qualify for the Boston Marathon, which at the time I needed three hours, 35 minutes. So I would have to drop a substantial amount of time to qualify. But I just had, a, I just knew like, if I really applied myself, I think I could do really well at this. And so that summer I found it was like a runner's world online plan. I followed that and still smoking though, and trained all summer and saw myself beginning to improve. And then I, I don't know if you're familiar, but training in Oklahoma over the summer is just absolutely brutal. I mean, I the, can it's, only imagine, I can only imagine. Yeah. I mean, the humidity, it's extremely humid. It's hot. I mean, it's like once the hot humidity gets here, it doesn't leave and it makes running so difficult. You have to get out so early and yeah, I mean, it's just really tough. And so then, you know, I was, so, I mean, I was putting in all this work and it was like, um, and still doing the smoking and it just, I don't know. It's just like one day, like I just, it just occurred to me, like you are going to have to, if you really want to qualify for Boston, it's like, you're going to have to quit the smoking. And like, I always knew that deep down, but I, it was, came after this really awful run and I was just kind of mad at myself. Like what, you know, what are you doing? Like you're either, you, you're going to do this. You're, 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 if you only put half into it, you're only going to get half measure out of it. So that's yeah. why I decided to quit. And so then, so how, think, so Stephanie, how much were you smoking at the time? Do you remember? Um, not really. I mean, it fluctuated. Like, I mean, by far college, I smoked every day, probably at the time I wasn't, I was in that where I'll just smoke on the weekends. Okay. However, however, I would smoke a lot on the weekends, almost like making up for the time I wasn't smoking during the week. So, I mean, <laughs> It's kind of hard to tell, but I mean, it was, I mean, definitely not healthy. I remember that because I quit. It was right after um, Labor Day weekend. And I remember because my brother and I and my husband, we bought a carton of cigarettes for the three of us to share that whole weekend. We almost went through the entire carton. So we were smoking a lot. Yeah. So that with the, you know, so it didn't really jive with the running. So So what happened on that run that made it so miserable besides the heat, obviously? Um, I think just, well, I mean, it could have been a lot of things, but I just, I, I just remember feeling probably it was coming off after that weekend. I kind of felt like trash mm-hmm. and I had a terrible run that didn't meet my expectations, but it's like, okay, you can't like expect so much out of yourself, out of your body while you're continuing to, you know, desecrate it. That's so that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to quit, you know, and I, and I did quit cold turkey, but I, I, I mean, if you look at my history though, like, I mean, I, 
used to joke like quitting's easy. I do it all the time. Like I could, you know, it was yeah. just that it, that's what was the catalyst running and having that goal was the catalyst for me to finally quit. And I also felt like I was doing it for me versus, you know, like when seeing my uncle with cancer and, uh, you know, I wish I could have quit for that, but at the same time, I don't think I was ready. And then also with being pregnant, having my son, you know, yeah, I wish I could say that I quit at that time, but I still don't think I was ready. It's like I needed, um, I needed to be in the right headspace and for whatever reason, uh, running, running got me there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I can, I totally can relate because I also started at 15 and smoked for 15 years and I quit or tried quitting three times and just like you wasn't ready until I was and you just have to that has to be that time and for me it was running also that that made made it stick really but anyway so you decided to quit and what happened well, I qualified. So that was about a month before the Chicago Marathon. That was where my big attempt to qualify for Boston. And I finished in 3.30. So I finished five minutes under my qualifying time. So qualify for Boston. And then from there, it kind of turned into how much, how much time can I, can I, how much faster can I get? And so then I kind of went through these uh, Runners World Online programs, and then um, I joined, it was an online forum of runners through Runners World. It's not there anymore, but I joined this forum where uh, other runners training for Boston, they told me, uh, kind of gave me advice and pointed me in the direction of Advanced Marathoning, which is a very popular training program. It's this book that is for people who, um, I mean, it's really high volume. I mean, it's pretty intense, but I felt like I could take it on. And so that, I mean, really, I credit that program for, um, for getting me to the time where I ran, which is still my, still my PR, is it? I'm sorry. I, I'm getting old, I swear. <laughs> no, I, I, ran, I ran a 43, and it got me down to a two hours, 43-minute marathon, which was not um, the window to qualify for the trials wasn't open yet. It was the year before, so it was the Olympic year. So yeah. I knew um, I could do it because you need a 245 to qualify for the trials. So I knew, okay, if I still keep doing what I'm doing, like I have a really good shot at this. And I was able to do it the following year um, in 2017. Yep, at Chicago. Amazing. Again. You went from a 330 to a 243 marathon, all self-trained. Yeah, all self-trained. I did it. And even with the, the plan I had, I would make my own kind of tweaks to it. I started, you know, just kind of figuring out what works for me, what doesn't, and adding different elements to it. But I mo mostly based it off uh, the advanced marathoning, uh, that method, I guess. And then, so yeah, so then I qualified in 2017. And then um, I started working with my coach, James McCurdy. It will be about two years yeah, we've been working together for about two years. Were you thinking about actually going to the Olympic trials at the time? Or were you just, was that the time you were, that was a goal time for you? Or was it actually going to the trials? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, well, what, ha what had happened was once I broke three hours, once I ran a marathon under three hours, that's when I started thinking, hey, I might really have a shot to get down to this, uh, this 245, breaking 245. And so at that point, that's when I think I started really taking, thinking I could do it. You know, I started kind of boosting my miles, you know, adding really high volume weeks and everything. And 
kind of going crazy with it. <laughs> so. Wow. Your coach and you are now working together and your goal is Atlanta 2020. Is, is that fair to say? Um, we, yeah, I, yeah. We started focusing on, um, at the, Olymp the Olympic trials training towards that, but also, I mean, a training, you can only, um, I mean, a training block it's, I mean, usually it's 12 to 18 weeks. So, I mean, we've worked together on marathons in the meantime, like before, um, Atlanta, I wanted to win, uh, my hometown marathon in Tulsa. That was my goal. And I won that set the course record first time I have ever won a marathon. So that was really exciting. And then of course my family and friends are there. And then the following spring in 2019, I wanted, I had a goal of getting the state record in Oklahoma, which, um, I ended up winning the Oklahoma city marathon and getting the record by like seven seconds. So to keep me motivated, because you know, the trials I had, I qualified in 2017, I had three years to kind of do whatever. So yeah, just wanted to try something different. So that's kind of how I brought my coach on board. And um, we just started, you know, setting other goals in the meantime. So okay, so you get to Atlanta. This now we're talking February 2020, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, so how many marathons do you know how many marathons you had run prior to this date? Uh, yeah, Atlanta was my 21st marathon. So I had run 20 marathons. What was it like there? Like was what was going through your head in preparation for the trip? What was going through your head at the start line? Like, tell me about that experience in Atlanta. Uh, well, I mean, it was, um, it was, it, I mean, it was a celebration. I mean, I always saw it as this is going to be just kind of the icing on the cake. I mean, just that I could get there for me was a huge goal, but I just wanted to get there healthy, run my best race. Uh, the course, um, very, very challenging, most challenging course I've ever run, very hilly, um, several loops. It's, I mean, it's, so you're repeating several times this hilly, hilly course, but the good part is, you know, your family and friends can post in one area and they see you several times. So I got to see my family, like my, um, my family and friends came out. My mom made 86 signs for me, 86. <laughs> so <laughs> I, that was kind of. And I guess she thought like I'd read the signs as I'm going by, but of course I'm not going to stop and read it. But that was just kind of fun to see after the fact. And so, I mean, it was, I did my best. I mean, I finished probably in the middle, which I kind of figured that's where I'd be. But I mean, it was just such an honor to be there and just be a part of, you know, history and knowing how much time and effort went into getting to that point. So, but I mean, it was, it was a wonderful time. So how many women, so I'm guessing the women ran separately, obviously. So how many women were in that uh, trials race? Do you remember? It was, oh, it was over 400. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, there's, I mean, women's running and especially, I mean, compared to the last trials, I mean, it's, it has just taken off. Like we're right now we're living in a time for it, like women's run, uh, distance running in the U.S. is just I mean, it's just caught on like wildfire and um, it's just cool to be a part of that. And also, I mean, a lot of these runners, um, I followed on Instagram or I, you know, found out about them through social media and I followed them and, you know, what did they do to get there and all this. And so I yeah. learned a lot from them and some of them I got to meet in person. So it's just cool because it's like we all support each other and kind of feed off that uh, positive energy. Definitely. So how did you feel? Were you happy with your run or was it just like, it was a, is it was a bucket list item, so to speak? 
Um, I would say both. Like I was happy with it that, that, you know, I did it. Big check mark. I was just so happy that I, I was able to do it and, and just made it. Yeah. Now, because the trials were pushed, I'm, I'm hoping nobody who made the team has to re-qualify, right? It's just no, they, I, I, they're not going to do that. I yeah, just, don't I didn't think happening. so. Okay. <laughs> I thought, I thought I'd ask you that because I'm sure some people might question that or have a question. About oh yeah. That. Yeah. I think, I think so. it's been thrown around on like Twitter or something, but there's nothing behind it. I think they plan on sending, um, the top, the three who made it, which I mean, if you to to run what they did on a course like that, I mean, they're for sure sending, in my opinion, the best, our top runners in the country to the Olympics. So yeah, we'll be well represented. I saw their results. It was kind of nuts. Yeah. Especially because I heard it was windy and cold and the course was super hilly and just psychologically running three loops, I think is tough. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's different for sure. I mean, it, because, you know, you expect, you know, it's going to get hard in the marathon, but I mean, it, yeah, it's just knowing that, okay, you have to do this three more times it's like oh yeah I know but you know I smiled though I was smiling I was waving I just I had to keep telling myself as hard as it felt I'm like okay you know this is it this is my dream was to be here so right. I'm gonna embrace every you know suck it up <laughs> that's great so what is your what will you say is the favorite your favorite part about racing um I would say just trying to get the best out of myself yeah I mean just you know, you, you never know what you're capable of doing until you try. I mean, if you would have told me, you know, if you would have told me seven, eight years ago, I guess now eight years ago that I was going to be, um, this make the Olympic first off, just even be a marathon runner, let alone make the Olympic trials. I, like I say, I would have probably asked you, what are you smoking? I probably would have asked for some of it because <laughs> I just thought there's just no way that yeah. is possible. But I mean, you know, and I think part of it is with the smoking, I thought that that was, I felt like it was so much part of my identity and that for me, it's like I had to shed that and say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to transition into this and, you know, I can be, you know, just, I, that doesn't have to define who I am now. Like just because I've been a smoker for, I mean, what, like over 10 years doesn't mean that I can't also become this, you know, athletic person with goals, you know, you, yeah. you have to like allow that for your, allow yourself, allow yourself to believe that that's who you can be despite that. And I also have a lot of, I have a lot of empathy for people who do smoke. Like I get it. Like I totally get it. Like yeah. I still see people after marathons, like or races. I've seen some people cross the finish line, go light up. And I'm like, man, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, me too. I do. I mean, I'm far behind you in, you know, athletic achievement, but I, I made a similar transition and kind of why I started this whole program was if I can do it, anyone can do it. Right. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> so Speaking of this program, I think I'd mentioned to you that I'm building a program to help smokers quit by getting them onto a training program for a running race of their choice, whether it be a 5K or 10K. Some people are like you that have started running and are smoking and want to run a half marathon or a marathon. So I'm in, two weeks into my pilot and I uh, took the opportunity in the last two, two or three weeks to field some questions from my participants. Would you be willing to answer some of those? Oh, of course. Okay. 
so I guess the question was, how much did you smoke and for how long did you exercise at all? And if, what, if you did exercise, what kind of exercise? Um, I, like I mentioned, like it kind of fluctuated throughout my life, like definitely more, I think college was probably, you know, my peak. I smoked a lot in college and then, um, but like putting a number on, I mean, I've gone through a pack in a day. I know for sure that's happened, but, um, like I said, it kind of fluctuated like, uh, towards the end before I quit, um, I would say, I'm just going to smoke on the weekend or when I'm going out with friends, whatever. But what I'd find is I'd smoke a lot. It's almost like making up for the not smoking during the week. Like, yeah. I mean, if that's even a thing, binge smoking, I don't know. That's kind of what it was. But yeah, so that changed. I mean, it would just kind of depend. But then also, um, I like I said, I got into P90X, which was weightlifting. I really, you know, my husband, he was into weightlifting and kind of showed me the ropes because I didn't know anything about that. And so I, I really enjoyed lifting weights and then just running a couple miles on the treadmill. I did that for a long time and I started to get into shape and, you know, it started making me, you know, feel good about myself. And I guess kind of put things in place to see that, you know, if you stick to a program, you'll start to see changes. It doesn't happen overnight, but if you stick to it, it will eventually, you'll see a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Now uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, the other question is, you know, had you tried quitting before? Yes. And when did the light bulb go off? And the light bulb went off when you were running, you were trying to qualify for Boston. But mm -hmm. do you remember what the driving force was? Your, your sort of the why that finally made your quit stick for good? I don't know. Just allow, you know, allowing myself to say, you know what, you, like I mentioned earlier, like you, just because you've been doing this for so long, this doesn't have to define who you are. Like give yourself a chance to try something else. Right. And, to, you know, let's, let's go, you know, you've been down this hallway many times before, you know what it is. Like, let's, let's go in a different direction and let's, you know, let's give yourself a chance to do uh, something you've never done before. And I think I knew, like, like I mentioned my husband, like we said, by the time we're 30, we're quitting. And I was 29 and a half at the time and he quit six months later. So so I kind of knew the sun was setting on it. I just, you know, I just needed that one catalyst, that one thing to motivate me to quit. That's awesome. And it was, you know, I mean, I understand that you and your husband might have not quit at the same time, but the fact that he quit also, I think is helpful, right? Oh, extremely, extremely. And I know it's very hard it's hard to quit with when somebody, when you have like a partner who is all, who's smoking, it's very tough. And I never, you know, I never gave him an ultimatum, anything like that, because I knew from experience, you, you, you can't tell, you can't make somebody else quit. Like they'll quit when they want to. And I think a lot of people in well-meaning like friends or parents, whatever, they think, you know, that they're helping you by saying, you know, giving you an ultimatum or trying to shame you or things like that when really it doesn't help at all. And I wish, more people understood that. Like the best thing I think you could do is just listen. Yeah. Lead by example, you know, just, just be there. Yeah. I love that. I, I agree. I, your inner, inner voice has to convince you yourself. There's nothing anybody else can tell you how to do it or what to do because smoking is just its own weird little addiction. That is, that's just, it's, you know, 50% or more mental. And, um, yeah, it's, it's your own voice that has to get you to quit, but 
Okay, well, I think um, we answered some of the questions that, that came in from our participants. I have one that's maybe not uh, smoking related, but I thought, so, I thought it was an interesting question. So what external force motivates you the most and what in, internal force or feeling motivates you the most? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, I don't know really which one this answers, but I read something the other day by, um, she's the American marathon record holder, uh, Dina Castor. Um, I don't know if I can quote it exactly, but it's something to the effect of like, when it comes to getting out the door, she just asks herself like, who are you going to be today? I, that makes me think, yeah, I'm, you know, Stephanie Andre, I'm a runner. This is, you know, I choose to, to be this. This is a lifestyle I enjoy. And this, you know, that's who I am. This is what I do. And so that gets me out the door. I love it. I, and I think that uh, that would answer both of those questions, actually, you know? So yeah. I love that. Okay, so we talked about your running aspirations. So we're looking back at your childhood. Do you remember what you wanted to become? I mean, we know that your childhood self did not think in a million years you'd be running a marathon. But um, do you remember what your aspirations were either career-wise or, or life-wise in general? Well, I wanted to be uh, Shannon Miller, the gymnast, the Olympic medalist. Ah. She's from Oklahoma. So um, I remember watching her, I was probably like 10 years old and I would be doing the gymnastics routines like in my, in my parents' living room, everything. And I did gymnastics for a while. Um, yeah, but I was, I was really into, uh, especially tumbling. I love tumbling. That's funny. Did, so did you do any high school sports then? I was a cheerleader. That was my, um, yep, I was a high school cheerleader. That was my sport. Now, how about your sister? Is she still running? Yeah, she, she does. Uh, she moved, uh, she's still in Oklahoma, but she lives a couple hours away now, but, um, yeah, she's still active. Um, she was going to run, she was signed up to run Chicago this year. And then, um, you know, that's kind of, she went ahead and did the deferral just because there's just so much uncertainty with, you know, the COVID-19 and that and all that. So I think she's hoping to run that next year. So that's kind of in the back of my mind. I mean, I, I love running. I mean, we don't, we're not literally running together in the marathon, but experiencing that whole weekend together is so much fun. Yeah. Okay. One funny question. Do you have any running rituals or pet peeves? And if you do, what are they? Uh, pet peeve, I'm going to have to go with, um, I hate it when people um, get to the water station in a marathon and, you know, you're supposed to grab the cup and keep going. I've had people come to a dead stop and I've run into them on more than one occasion. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, I'm like, keep going up. Yeah, so that would be my pet peeve. And how about rituals? Do you have any like warm-ups or stuff like that that you do, or did you just, do you just put your shoes on and go? Um, I, I'm very, I don't want to have to think about anything the morning of, so I'm really big on like putting, I mean, laying everything out, having everything ready to go where I can just wake up, you know, eat, put my clothes on and be out the door and not have to, you know, mess with anything. Right, right. We talked a little bit prior. Um, what had you been training? Like, what was life like after the Olympic trials? Had you had a race on the calendar that was maybe canceled? And if it was, are you training for something right now that hopefully will happen still in 2020? 
Well, strangely enough, before the Olympic trials, um, you know, I had done Tulsa, then Oklahoma City, and then I ran Berlin. And then, I mean, I had all these big races and not a lot of downtime. So I was starting to feel a little burnt out. And my coach said, hey, you know, this isn't, you can't qualify for the trials this year. Why don't we, um, why don't we just not put any races on the calendar for this year? Let's just work on shorter distances, like uh, 5K to half marathon and just, you know, kind of take the pressure off for a while. Let's not put anything on the schedule. And I'm like, hey, that sounds great. Let's do it. Fun now it's like, well, there isn't anything on the schedule. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, so. Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at now, working on my shorter distance, my, which, you know, it's like my speed and power, as he says, work on that for a while. Then hopefully next year I'll get back into the marathoning. Gotcha. All right. Well, these were the big buckets that I wanted to talk about with you, obviously, um, smoking and how you got from smoking to starting to run and then, gosh, um, running in the Olympic trials. That That's just a incredible so inspiring when i you know watched your videos and read the articles i was just like yes this is this is you know where i could have been had i put the work in but you know i i just didn't and i honestly didn't think that that's something i could achieve i it didn't even cross my mind so kudos to you stephanie for digging in and and having that grit i mean thank you and that's why i mean that's why i've shared my story it's and i was really reluctant to do it at first to reveal that i'm a smoker because i kind of worried how people would view me but then at the same time I'm like you know what? i want people to see that you know yes. that it can be done like and don't be ashamed don't be ashamed of who you know don't be ashamed of who you've been like you know it's part of your story and that's something to be proud of so absolutely yeah so in closing what has been your proudest moment in life and in running? Well, life, of course, would be my, uh, my son, Anthony. Uh, he's 10 years old. I mean, he's my pride and joy. He's just everything to me. And, of course, my husband, too. I love him, but I just love that boy so much. Um, Running-wise would be, um, I would have to say Oklahoma City Marathon, um, just because, for me, that was one of my very first races when I was a smoker at the time. and really struggled to come in at four hours and it I don't know it was like a bookend like you know here I am seven years later and look how far I've come like for me it was just um I don't know I don't think I'll ever experience that again but it was it was amazing I love that answer and it's kind of what I thought you'd say but I wanted you to say it and I completely agree it's such an incredible achievement so uh, what are some of the most important lessons you learned in your running career between quit quitting smoking and now? What do you think? Um, I would say don't, you know, I mentioned earlier, don't put any limits on yourself. Like you really don't know what you're capable of unless you try. And you could, I mean, you might really surprise yourself. And I also, I mean, we focus so much as runners on the physical part, but I mean, mental, uh, that's, that's, a very big part of it as well is working on your mental game and you know just and it's sounds very simple but really it's just showing up every day I mean consistency is king just like you know like you're doing your uh your streak right now that challenge do at least a mile or walk a mile I mean that's where it starts just forming those positive habits and then mm -hmm. just sticking with it so so when you say mental game, did you, did you ha have another book you could recommend for that part? Because that's what I need. 
come to think of it, the last book I read, um, it's by Steve Magnus. It's called Passion Paradox. Okay. And that's, it's a really good book. I follow him. He also has a Twitter account. Um, he, he just has, I just love everything he puts out. Like he just has a great way of just getting into the psych of runners and people and he puts it so well. So I definitely check him out. Um, Passion Paradox is the book. Awesome. Thank you for that one. And then last question, what is your advice or what would you tell someone who says, I can't run, I will never run? How would you recommend people in my community who are current or recent smokers um, who want to start running? What would you tell them to how to get started? Um, I would, first off, you need to get a good pair of running shoes. Uh, recommend, strongly recommend going to your local running store and being fitted for the right pair of shoes because that makes a really big difference. And then um, I would just reach out to uh, local running clubs. I mean, I, I'm at the point now where I mostly train solo. However, I, when I first started, there was just so much I didn't know, and it can be overwhelming. So it really helps to have someone uh, to join one of the local clubs or a group of friends to kind of somebody who can kind of show you the ropes and guide you. Or even like, you know, like you have your online community. I mean, that's extremely helpful. And you'll, you'll find out that there's a lot, there are a lot of people, you know, just like you that are beginning and it's foreign to them. And it's kind of fun to share that journey with other people. I agree. Yeah, I love that. And I started running by myself, but you know, once you start getting into races, you meet people in the finish area or you meet people who are racing for the same race. And all of a sudden you have running buddies, whether you prefer running by yourself or in a group, it doesn't matter. But just having that um, support system in the background, I completely agree. I, I really enjoyed that as well when I, when I started. I loved talking to you, Stephanie. I uh, really enjoyed getting to know you and your story and, and your incredible achievements. I admire you and you know, it's, I hope this will be helpful to the community that I'm working towards. It's been inspiring to sort of see some of the, tra the, the transformations of people that have just in the last four weeks have shown themselves and having somebody like you share their story is, I think, extremely motivating and obviously inspiring. So I thank you so much for being here with me and good luck on your speed and power training. And I, I hope to see you at a race one of these days. That would be so fun. Oh, yes, I would love that. Um, thank you so much. You are so generous with your words. I really appreciate it. And best of luck to everybody um, in your group or through your program. And I wish them nothing but the best. And uh, don't be afraid to reach out if you ever need anything. That's very sweet of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Isn't she awesome? What an inspiration. I know I've been saying that a lot, but Stephanie is the real deal. She embodies what my mission is about. What stuck with me the most was her message that smoking doesn't define who you are. She says, and I paraphrase, just because I've been a smoker for over 10 years doesn't mean I cannot also become an athlete. Allow yourself to believe that that's who you can be. You never know what you're capable of until you try. What a powerful message. It's definitely one I believe and follow every day. If you're a smoker or a future ex-smoker who wants to learn more about my program, Quit Smoking, Start Running, 
go to my website, AntoniaDeHeinrich.com, or join my Facebook group, Quit Smoking, Start Running. I am excited to announce that this podcast is now available on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, which is probably where you're listening today. I would love if you took a minute to subscribe, and if you're so inclined, leave me a rating and review. It would mean the world to me and all my amazing guests who are willing to share their stories with you. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I look forward to hosting Miguel Reyes in my next episode titled From AA to Saving My Life, One Day at a Time, scheduled for next Monday, June 15th. Until then, my friends, quit whatever you're doing and start running.